0: Back to At the Buzzer. I'm Tyler Fertell alongside my co-hosts, Andrew Lobliner, Camel Klein, and Dean McCullum. And today we have a short but sweet podcast for all of you. Um, we'll be going over our final four predictions and kind of overviewing uh both semifinal games and then the championship. So um let's get right into it. And so uh the first matchup uh that we will be reviewing here is a Gonzaga versus UCLA, the Cinderella team of this tournament. Um Gonzaga beat Norfolk State, Oklahoma, Creighton, and USC in their tournament games. And USC has beat, I mean, sorry, UCLA has beaten in uh, the first four. um, They beat Michigan State. Then they defeated BYU, then Abilene Christian, Alabama, and then Michigan. They are, I'm not sure if this is exactly correct, but they're one of the only teams, if not the only team, to beat one they're the one and two seed in their uh division to make it to the final four. I think that is correct. So uh yeah, let's cover this. Um let's cover this podcast. The I mean this matchup, the uh the favorite uh in the in the tournament versus the Cinderella story of the tournament. So I will have Camily first.
1: Uh well, obviously the this this ma- this matchup of the two is sort of like shaping out to be a less good game, if you will, with uh, the Bulldogs being 14-point favorites. But uh, one thing I was looking at is Gonzaga's past games, even before the tournament, and they really haven't been in a close game in a long, long time since they played West Virginia, like three or four games before the tournament. They've just completely ran through every single team they've seen in March Madness, winning by... 15 to 20 points in all of those games. So it'll it'll definitely be interesting to see if UCLA can at least put up a fight and make the Bulldogs actually think this time like they've they haven't had to play a stressful last 5 to 10 minutes of basketball this tournament. And obviously UCLA's gone to this point. They're an 11 seed, but obviously they're a good team if they've gotten here it's not all luck. And I'm just I'm just looking forward to seeing if UCLA can put up a fight and just make gonzaga play good basketball coming down the stretch really see what they're made of in preparation for the finals whether or not gonzaga or ucla makes it
2: uh yeah can we hit on a lot of good points there um i feel like ucla um like there's been lower seeds in the past that have had like easy runs to find for like no offense to uh little chicago but I mean, like they played a nine seed in the elite eight. So it's not like they had a, they had a perfect path. Like I know those teams, if they're winning in March Madness, they're still good, but UCLA beat one seed and a two seed. Um, But I just don't think they're talented enough to uh, compete with Gonzaga. Just like Gonzaga's big three of Jalen Suggs, true to me and Corey Kisper is just like unstoppable. Like you're pretty much putting like three all American type players on one team and they have great um, role players as well. And they're a good coach. They have a good coach. So I, I don't really, I'm not sure if they're going to cover that 14 point spread. I feel like it might be cl- like pretty much all their games. They won by 20 plus. I feel like this win will be below 20 points just because UCLA, um, they're a good team. Uh, obviously Johnny saying is playing out of his mind right now. So I think that they're going to be in the game. I never think, I don't think there's going to be a moment in this game until the very end where it's like UCLA is like completely out of it. They have no chance to come back. But um, I don't I don't foresee UCLA being able to um, really compete for 40 minutes with this Gonzaga team just because they're they're way too talented. Um, And I wish Michigan was in the spot, but also having watched that Elite Eight game, that was arguably the worst game that Michigan has played all year. And the fact that UCLA could only win by one point when Michigan shot like 50 percent from the free throw line um, and I think like below 30 percent from three like that's not that's not going to happen with Gonzaga. Um, they're, they're too good offensively. I mean, they average like close to 90 points, I think something like that. So I, I don't see UCLA really, really being able to have any chance to win this game. So I definitely have Gonzaga winning. I think it'll be a double digit win, uh, but under 20 points.
0: Um, before Dean goes here, uh, obviously this, This is a game where there is definitely a clear favorite. I mean, it's a one seed versus 11 seed. But uh, UCLA has been in a lot of close games throughout this tournament. I mean, the Michigan State game in the first four went to overtime. They had a pretty easy win against Adeline Christian, a pretty easy win against BYU. But then Alabama game was in overtime. In the Michigan game, I... I don't think it went into overtime, but it was very, very close. If I, I, if I, I, I don't think it went into overtime. Drew, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong.
2: Yeah, there. it was just a, it was a one point game.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they've had, they've gone down the stretch a lot throughout this tournament. And if there's really any team that has played down the stretch better than UCLA, I personally can't name one. So, I mean, UCLA, I think, can put up a fight against this Gonzaga team, who, like Andrew said, has three All Americans and Drew Timae. Timmy, uh, sorry, Corey Kespert, Kispert, <laughs> and uh, Jalen Suggs. But, uh, and I mean, all three of those players have been playing well throughout the tournament. Um, but UCLA has been playing pretty well, too. And they have a new leader on their team, and Johnny Duzang, who has been playing just crazy in this tournament. He's made himself out to be an NBA prospect potentially this year and maybe next year if uh, he stays at UCLA. Um, and then they have a good facilitator in Tiger Campbell. And, uh, yeah, they have Jules Bernard and I'm blanking. Oh, and uh, what's his name? Jaime Hawkes. I think I'm hoping I pronounced that correctly. But he had some clutch baskets at the end of the Alabama game and, uh, and during the Michigan game. So they have definitely been playing really, really well throughout this tournament. I mean, there have been points where they have given up uh, leads Like, for example, that Alabama game, they let them straight back into the game at, at the beginning of the second half. And if that happens with Gonzaga, I mean, I don't know if you can come back from that. So they're definitely going to need to play their best fastball of the year um, to win. So, yeah, Dean.
2: One thing I would just like to uh, add, Tyler, like I understand that UCLA is, a. I guess, you're pretty much describing them as to be a really clutch team, which I think they are. But I just don't understand how it's going to be a close game in a clutch scenario against Kandaga just because I I don't, I don't know how they'll be able to stick with them for an entire game.
0: I, I was kind of basically saying that like, if they can stick with them, then you never know about this UCLA team because they have, they beat Alabama and Michigan, two of the top ranked teams in the nation because they were so good in the clutch. So if they can keep it close with Gonzaga and potentially lead for a good amount of the game, you never know. That's all I'm saying. Obviously Gonzaga is the front runner here in the tournament and in this game, and they're going to be a favorite and they will probably lead for a good amount of this game. But I'm saying if UCLA can keep it close, they have that experience throughout the tournament. So you never know.
2: Yeah. But one last thing, uh, UCLA missed seven of their last eight shots um, in the Michigan game. It just so happened that Michigan missed uh, eight of their last eight shots. So that's partly why they won that game.
0: Uh, but, I mean, they won the game and they played good defense, which probably helped why they met, uh, Michigan list, missed eight out of the eight last shots. But, I mean, obviously, Franz Wagner airballed a wide-open three. So. And they
2: had several other layups as well. That yeah,
0: just, but, yeah. like, I mean... If you win a game down the stretch against a good team, you have to be credited with playing relatively well. So you never know. I mean, Gonzaga is definitely, I I mean, probably a better team than Michigan, is a better team than Michigan. I mean, they've been ranked to number one all year. And I can't think, I don't think you can dispute that. So um, yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup for UCLA, but we'll see if the Cinderella team can come up with another crazy win.
3: Yeah, I have a similar, uh, I, I agree with what, mainly what Andrew said about how I think that all Cinderella teams, their season always has to come to an end. It happens every year. There's always one Cinderella team, maybe even two, but they always come up short to one of the best teams. And I think it's going to be Gonzaga who they're going to come up short to. I mean, Gonzaga is, in my opinion, just too good offensively that UCLA is not going to be able to hold them to a a low amount of points because they're averaging like, what, 90, 92 uh, 92 points? And they like held Michigan uh, on the season. And they held Michigan to 49 points, and they barely won by two. I just can't even like see that happening when they versus Gonzaga. I don't think that they're going to score less than 60 points on UCLA because they're so talented offensively. Like Andrew said, they have so many guys who they can just rely on at any time in the game, and anyone can go off on their team. That it's going to be so, so hard for UCLA to stop them and hold them to a low amount of points like they did for Michigan who scored under 50 points versus them. So I, that's sort of my take on it because I, I think that UCLA is going to be competitive. They're going to fight hard, obviously, because it's a final four. Why wouldn't they? But I think that Gonzaga is going to be way too much for them to handle.
0: That is definitely a prediction that a lot of people around the country are having about this game. Um, Gonzaga. Team that hasn't lost all year. I think they're 31, 30 and 0, 31 and 0, something like that. So I mean, they haven't lost all year. I'm guessing they don't want to break that streak now. Uh so we're gonna move on to the next game. One that seems to be more interesting for a lot of sports fans just because it's a one versus two seed, not a one versus eleven seed. But uh it is the Baylor Bulldogs versus the Houston. Wait, it's not the Baylor Bulldogs. <laughs> it's the Baylor, Baylor, Bears, Bears. Sorry. Baylor Bears. It's the Baylor Bears versus the Houston Cougars. Um, so Baylor, to get to this point, has beaten Hartford, Wisconsin, Villanova, and Arkansas. And for Houston to get to this point, they have beaten Cleveland State, Rutgers, Syracuse, and Oregon State. So the highest seed that uh, Houston has played in this tournament has been a 10 seed. Uh, I don't know if that's something... say about this team i mean they're a very good team a very good defensive team but baylor definitely has had a little bit of a harder um road to get there so uh yeah who wants to go first on this one andrew
2: sure um i was gonna make the point that you just made like that the highest seed uh that uh houston faced was a ten seed i think that definitely says something like Houston was still a two seed coming into the tournament. Uh, So they're still a very good team regardless. Um, They have a lot of good three point shooters, Quinn Grimes. um, He might get drafted this year. He's been playing really well in the tournament and pretty much all season too. And they have a couple other players uh, good offensively. And as you said, they're a great defensive team. Uh, So I think that this is going to be a close game just because defense, I think um, carries over more than offense in terms of playing against good teams. And, Baylor is very good offensively. Uh, they make like over 40% of threes as a team. Um, so I think it's going to be tough for Houston. It's obviously probably the toughest team they have played all year. Cause they're not in a, in a power five conference. So they pro- they haven't played any team, uh, in Baylor's caliber. Um, and then also just Baylor's defense is one of the best, uh, in the country, arguably the best. So I think without like without question, this is the toughest test that the, uh, the Houston Cougars have had all season. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a close game. No, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout in either way. I think Baylor might have the advantage just because they have played against more high level teams. As you said, Tyler, um, teams like Arkansas, also Wisconsin. Uh, I know the Big Ten didn't do well, but Wisconsin played against a lot of good teams. Um, so they were in that game for a little bit. But I think Baylor, they're they're more talented. I mean, their trio of guards, Jared Butler, um, Davion Mitchell, and Macy O'Teague, they're all really good. They they all shoot threes and they all like drive and kick and they're they're really hard to guard. Um and yeah, I, I don't know that Houston can keep up with Baylor. Um, I really only think that there's one team that can compete with Baylor in the country, and that's Gonzaga. Um, but I'll save that for my championship prediction later.
0: Um well, you were talking about how good the Baylor guards are. I mean, Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, two uh, guards that are some of the best in the country. But uh, Houston uh, has a guard that completely shut down one of the best players in the Pac-12, uh, Ethan Thompson in Dejon Giroux. I'm hoping I pronounced that correctly. Um, he held Ethan Thompson to, I think, three points, if I'm correct, a low number, which is incredible because Ethan Thompson had been playing Really, really well throughout the tournament, and shutting him down was a huge reason why Houston kind of won that game relatively easily. So, um, yeah, I mean, Quentin Grimes is a pretty—he's a good player, NBA prospect, uh, pretty good three-point shooter, good defender. Houston overall is a great defending team. Their shooting isn't quite as good as Baylor, which is which makes me hesitate just because Baylor is a good defensive team along with the one of the best if not the best three point shooting team in the country. So just that this matchup I feel like it definitely has potential to be a very big defensive matchup, but I also think it can go the other way being a high uh, scoring game just because both teams can score and ha- are pretty good shooting. So um this game I definitely think is going to be really interesting. Uh one of both of these teams I think uh either one of them can can, def- can definitely compete with potentially Gonzaga in the championship, or you never know, UCLA could potentially pull up another upset. Uh, and I think that uh, either two of these teams can win the uh, NCAA championship. So this is going to be a really interesting game. I'm excited to watch it. So, yeah. Campbell or Dean?
3: I think it's very telling how uh, how sort of easy Houston's uh, route to the Final Four was. I mean – uh, they they had a bunch, uh, a bunch more close games than Baylor did, and Baylor had a way tougher matchup. I mean, obviously Wisconsin, my favorite team in the tournament. I, this is actually the one Baylor game I watched. I, I forgot to tell you, Andrew. I watched part of this game, but um, I think that Baylor had a way tougher road, as you guys explained earlier, and Houston barely slipped out of some games. They barely beat Rutgers, I mean, in the second round, and I, I haven't watched much Houston this tournament, but uh, based off of what you guys said, both teams can do it all, so it-, it could go either way here. I'm probably gonna have to like side towards the Baylor Bears just because of like their strength of s- schedule and how well they've been playing versus those good teams. And Houston hasn't played as well versus like the worst teams in the tournament, so I'm probably gonna have to side towards Baylor. But uh, Campbell, do you have anything to say about this matchup before we move on to our potential final matchups?
1: Uh, yeah, I'll just speak to the strength of schedule that all of us have talked about already. I just wanted to defend Houston, if you will. And they've like, I understand they have the easier matchups. These are close games, but they're winning the games. Like you don't accidentally win 11 games in a row. Like they're, it's not their fault that they saw the best team they saw was the 10 seed. Like it's not their fault that Oregon state made their way to the elite eight. Like they're beating every team put in front of them. And that's pretty much, that's, that's what you want to do in March madness. So whether or not it's a close game, a win is a win. So I think this is going to be the better of the two games and uh, I'm excited to watch it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. uh, Syracuse, a team that has always made a run in uh, the tournament because they're really well coached and are pretty, always a pretty good shooting team. Uh, Houston defeated them pretty handedly. I mean, Syracuse was an 11 seed, so uh, that might not seem that impressive, but they're definitely a good team. And, you know what? Oregon State beat Loyal Chicago, who beat Illinois. So, you know what? Those high seeds had to beat lower seeds to make it to farther in the tournament. So, I mean, you can't really criticize Houston for winning those games because they have no control over it. But uh, that strength of schedule is definitely going to be a factor into this game and definitely on the betting odds, just because strength of schedules and who they played are so different. So, um, yeah, let's go on to our championship predictions. Uh, Before that, let's pick our final. We think they're going to win final final four game. Uh, we'll go Andrew first, then to Dean, then to Campbell, then to me.
2: Uh, so as I said earlier, I got Gonzaga winning um, pretty easily against UCLA. Um, we, we already covered that a lot. Um, and then I'm going to have Baylor in a tight game over Houston. Um, I think that there's a chance that Baylor just runs away with this one just because of their offensive firepower. But I think since there's since both teams are really good defensively, It's going to be a lower scoring game. Um, I think the margin uh, between the two scores will be within 10 points. So I think it might be a, uh, I I think this is like Campbell said, going to be the better of the two games, Um, but I'm still going to have Baylor coming on top just because they're the more talented team uh, and they're more battle tested. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. uh, I'm going to go with Gonzaga in an easy one versus UCLA. Like I mentioned before, for sort of my reasoning behind it, I think that all Cinderella stories come to an end and this is going to be UCLA's end. And for the Baylor-Houston game, I think this is going to be a much closer game to the UCLA-Gonzaga. I'm going to side with the higher seed in Baylor and I'm going to have them versing the Gonzaga Bulldogs
0: in the finals.
1: Um, For that first game, Gonzaga-UCLA, as much as I want to pick the Bruins, I got to go with Gonzaga. They're just the better all-around team, obviously. And then in that second game, um, this is really a toss up for me. Cause I won't lie to our loyal listeners. I haven't watched too much of either of these teams in the regular season, but I have watched more Houston this tournament. I like their team offense. They're good down the stretch. So I'm going to go with them in this game. But as I said, I might not be the most reliable source for this one, but yeah, I'm going to have Houston Gonzaga in the finals.
0: UCLA has been an incredible team all-tournament. Johnny Duzang, Jules Bernard, uh, Jaime, Hawkes, As much as I've loved watching them, as much as I'm a fan of them, got to go with Gonzaga. I mean, they've just been playing immaculately all-tournament, too. I mean, they're they're so good. I, I there, There's nothing I can really say there. And then on the other side of the bracket, uh, I did have this team losing in the second round of the tournament. I've learned very, very, very quickly that was a huge mistake. I'm going to go with the Baylor bears over the Houston Cougars, just because I feel like the Baylor uh, Baylor shooting can get, uh, bring them over the top. They're a very good. And they're good defenses too. So I think that will do uh, give them enough to, uh, to beat the Cougars. And then, uh, so yeah, for Andrews, for Andrews Dean's and my finals is Gonzaga versus Baylor. And for Campbell, it is Gonzaga versus Houston. So Let's go into who we think is going to win the March Madness Men's NCAA Basketball Tournament. We'll go in the same order.
2: Um, I'm probably going to go in a different direction than most of you guys. I'm going to go with Baylor uh, just because after watching them, uh, I've watched a lot of Baylor games all year. And this is the best that they've looked all year. Just they're getting contributions from everyone and their trio of guards is just unlike anyone else. And I think they're going to be able to compete with Gonzaga in my championship prediction um, just because Davion Mitchell is one of the best on-ball defenders. He's going to lock up Jalen Suggs. Um, and then Baylor has multiple big men who um, who can guard Drew Timmy and tire him out. Um, and then like Jared Butler, or Macy Otiga, one of the other guys, will I think will be able to guard Corey Kispert. Um, I think Gonzaga hasn't played a team like Baylor that talented, that skilled, a team that can score as many points as them but also hold them uh, to under their season average of points. They haven't really played a team like that all year, frankly. But as Campbell said, they haven't played a close game in like over three months or something like that. Um, So I'm going to go with, I guess, a slight upset pick, although they're both one seeds. So I'm going to say that uh, Baylor wins the national championship.
3: So for my national championship game, talked about it before, I have Gonzaga versus Baylor, like Andrew. Um, I'm going to go with the generic pick. I'm going to go with Gonzaga Uh, as our loyal listeners know that I had Gonzaga right from the start winning it all. So I'm going to have to stick with them. I don't think I can go for Baylor. I mean, I think that Gonzaga is there are too many great players on their team. I mean, they have two players literally who are potential lottery picks, Jalen Suggs, top five prospect and Corey Kispert, great player as well. So I'm going to have to go with uh, Gonzaga here, but I could see Baylor taking this, but I think Gonzaga is going to complete their undefeated season and win their first national championship.
1: Uh, I'm going to agree with Dean. I'm going to pick the Bulldogs. They've been literally unbeatable this year. And uh, I don't see that ending against, in my matchup, the Houston Cougar, Houston Cougars or Baylor for that matter. So yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Gonzaga.
0: I'm going to agree with Andrew here. I think the Baylor Bears will end up as the NCAA champions. Jared Butler has caught fire recently against Arkansas. He played his best game of the tournament. Davion Mitchell is a great on-ball defender. Like Andrew said, he's a good three-point shooter too. Can maybe hold Jalen Suggs to a decent amount of points. Uh, I think they're the team that can take over Gonzaga, and I think they will do so in the NCAA championship, so I'm going to have them coming out on top. So that will do it for our March Madness overview uh, of the the Final Four and actually preview, uh, actually, and uh, also our predictions. So now we'll go on to our traditional shot clock segment. If you do not know, we uh, each get 24 seconds to answer a uh, topic that we propose. And our topic for today is, are the Nets a lock to win the Eastern Conference and go to the finals? So we'll start with Campbell here. 24 seconds on the clock, starting now.
1: All right. As much as I hate to say it, as much as I want another team in the East to contend with the Nets, I think they're a lock. They're just too good offensively, and they've somewhat figured it out on defense in the past month or two. And they've looked unbeatable without arguably their best player, Kevin Durant. And obviously, a a lock is very strong words, but I think they're – Very, very, very likely to do so.
0: Okay, now we will go to Dean. 24 seconds on the clock, starting now.
3: So I'm going to go with like a different approach to Campbell. I'm going to say they're not a lock to make it to the NBA Finals, and here's why. I think that lock, like Campbell said, a very strong word. I definitely think they're the heavy favorite. However, I think there are still possibilities that teams like the Sixers that they put it together, the Bucks, and even the Heat who just got Victor Oladipo got way better over the past trade deadline. I think that definitely possible for any of those three teams to beat the Nets, which is why I don't think they're a lock.
0: Okay, Andrew, it's your turn now. 24 seconds on the clock, starting now.
2: My answer is simple. Uh, they're a lock. No team in the East is contending with them. Lamarcus Aldridge just made uh, his Nets debut, and he probably played his best, his best all-around game of the season. Maybe not statistically, but he played really well. Everyone's buying into that team. When Kevin Durant comes back, there's just no one has the firepower, and they don't have to be a great defense. They just can't give up more than 150 points because they'll score that anyways. So they're definitely locked in the Eastern Conference.
3: All right, I'm going to be timing Tyler. Tyler, 24 seconds on the clock. Ready, begin.
0: So for this question, I'm going to say no. Just because injuries happen, this net squad seems to be pretty injury-prone. They've all missed a pretty good amount of games this season. Um, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge are two vets. There are two players that have had injury problems, and Kevin Durant has had injury problems. James Harden's been playing really, really well, and Kyrie Irving's been playing well when healthy. But uh, you never know. Other teams like the Celtics, Heat, Bucks, and uh, Sixers could put it together, stay healthy, and could overtake the Nets because you never know. I mean, crazy things happen in the playoffs sometimes. So yeah.
2: One thing I will point out, Tyler, is that the Nets have been the best team in basketball the past couple months, and they've done it all without Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving has missed several games. James Harden has missed several games they've won when only one of their big three plays. So that's like, I feel like that's the, um, that that's kind of another reason why I think they're a lock is even if those guys miss games, they still have a superstar so good that can be the number one option and carry that team. But then they can all play together and also play like an all-star type of format where they're all just like feeding off each other. Um, so yeah, but I I definitely, I definitely understand how like saying the word lock in like with injuries is, um, a little, it's just
0: they're the unpredicted can always happen. That's a thing. That's why the word lock might not be the best word for this scenario. I definitely think that they are the very large front runners, the very large favorites. And if I had to pick, are they going to make the NBA finals? If every single team stays healthy, a hundred percent. I mean, they are the most talented squad probably in the NBA. That hurts as a Laker fan to say, but I mean, it is what it is. The Lakers can beat them in my perspective. So, uh, so if the Nets stay healthy, I definitely think they are a lock, if that's the word that we're going to use. But uh definitely think a team like the Heat, if they can stay healthy, who made a crazy run last year, beat the Bucks in the playoffs, uh, swept the Pacers, a team that was pretty good too. So uh, I mean, they can I definitely think they can make a run next year. I mean, uh, this postseason with the addition of Victor Oladipo, The Celtics haven't playing terribly. Um, they're the seventh seed in the East right now. If they can put it together, you never know. That, I mean, imagine playing them in the first round of the playoffs. That would be a nightmare for the Sixers or the Bucks or someone. But uh, also the Sixers. I mean, Joel Embiid's been out. So uh, if, they, if he can get healthy, you never know. So there are definitely teams in the East that can beat the Nets, but we'll see. So that will do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to At The Buzzer Podcast. I'm Tyler Fertell alongside Andrew Loveliner, Cam Klein, and Dean McCollum. Uh, go follow us on social media at At Podcast.